0: Okay, Um, we're actually going to be today, um, we're going to kind of finish up just a few little things that we uh, were talking about in Matthew chapter 7 last week, and uh, then we'll get into Matthew 8 today. So remember um, in Matthew uh, chapter 7, uh, Jesus was making sure that we understood uh, that the way uh, to heaven, in Matthew chapter 7 uh, verse 13, Jesus was teaching us that the way to heaven is a narrow way. And that there are few that find it. And the way to destruction, the way to hell is a broad way. And there are many people that go that way. Um, and so he was uh, compelling us to enter in the narrow way. The way the, the Christian walk, the Christian life is not an easy life, is it? Right? What are some of the things that we run into when we live a Christian life? When, when the Holy okay. Spirit lives in us. And we are uh, living in a world, in this world. What are some of the things? What would you say, Lori? Temptation. temptation is something that we deal with every day. And and we know when it comes to temptation that the narrow way would be what? To not do what you were tempted to do. The broad way would be to just jump right in and do whatever it is that you're tempted to do. And when it comes to temptations, it's always easier. It's easier for us to give into the flesh than it is for us to follow the Spirit. Right. Uh, I heard a man say it this way: the human body is made up of two-thirds water. You know, your body is 66% water, right? And water always sinks to its lowest point, right? So we we very much struggle, we very much struggle to keep that one third of us that's not water (laughs) up above the the fall line, right? And and it's true. And and so in anything, think about even like uh, with with uh, people who are trying to keep their bodies in shape, they want to lose a few pounds right? It's a lot easier to just get a bowl of ice cream with some more brownies in it than it is to go out and walk two miles right? Uh, when it comes to uh, growing in our knowledge of Christ, it's so much easier just to watch television for two hours than it is to pick up my Bible and read the Bible for two hours, right? It's it's easier and and, our, and so we naturally go the wrong way and so Jesus is saying that the way to heaven is, is uh is, is a very narrow path and, and very, very few people find it and even then once we find that path or once that path finds us even staying on that path is not the easiest is it it's very easy to get tempted and it's very easy to fall and one of the things that i want to remind each and every one of you here with um I, and i'm speaking i'm preaching to myself we struggle and fall guys we're human beings we're going to make mistakes and we're going to make bad decisions and we're going to fall. But remember, Christ died on the cross to pay for how many of your sins? Oh. All of them. And so his love is there. His love is there. And once we have his forgiveness, we have his forgiveness. He's not going to change his mind. He's not going to break his promise to you to forgive you and to build you up as the person that you're supposed to be. Right? But now, I do want you to remember this, though. As we walk with him, there's requirements on our end, is there not? And so I have the choice to either walk with him and follow him and be obedient to him or to rebel against him. And even if I have his love, to know that love and to experience that love, I need to walk with him. Right? I need to walk with him. Uh, uh, it, it think about your even as a teenager, as a kid, when you were rebellious against your parents, your parents still loved you. But if you were being really rebellious, your relationship with your parents was hindered, was it not? You didn't just walk in and sit down at the dinner table and have dinner with them and have a pleasant conversation, right? You, You went in your room and locked the doors and turned the music on loud so that you didn't have to deal with them or hear them or whatever, right? But the reality is that doesn't change your parents' love for you, but it does change your relationship with your parents. And it's the same way with our relationship with God. How many of you remember the story of the prodigal son in the Bible? How he took all the money that his father gave him and ran off to a faraway land and squandered it in loose living, remember? Well, even though that boy was waist-deep in hog slop out in the middle of a foreign land, that did not change his father's love for him. But the degree of separation kept him from being able to enjoy the father's love. You see how that works?
1: I remember one I was in something like that. Um, I hanged with my parents. I'm in Vermont there in Florida. I said some bad things, and we were separated. And uh, the longer I didn't call, the harder it got. Yep. So to, to, for him to go back to his life, that was hard. The longer that he stayed away and did what he was doing, he knew what his heart was doing wrong, the harder it got. So his, his when I finally did call my parents, the
0: tears of love—it
1: was all there. Yes. But yep. It, it was very difficult to deal
0: with. Yep. And so, even our, even once we have that relationship with Christ, even maintaining that relationship within our own power is impossible.
1: And even the, to have the patience that they want you to have. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with yep. people.
0: So we have to allow the Spirit to guide our life and we have to feed the spiritual person that we are. We have to pray and we have to read our Bibles and we have to be around people that are going to hold us accountable for our actions. Like because the the tendency to get off the path is is very strong. It's very strong. As matter of fact, in our own strength we'll lose that battle every time. But what does the Bible teach us? The battle belongs to who? The Lord, right? The battle belongs to the Lord. Um so then uh, last week we talked about how um, that we talked about how Jesus said that there were false professors out there, people that were going around saying they were uh, Christians and preaching, even preachers preaching the Word of God, who said they were preachers but they were actually false prophets. Remember what He called them? He said they were wolves in sheep's clothing, and He warned us that you can know uh, a sheep, uh, you can know a tree by the type of fruit that comes off of the tree. And he said, a fig tree cannot produce stickers, and a a sticker bush cannot produce figs, remember? And he said, you will know them by their fruits. So when we were talking about that last week, you will know them by their fruits, what was Jesus saying? He was saying that you can look at a person's words, which their words are a direct indication of their thoughts, right? What you think about is what you're going to talk about. So you can actually look at a person's words and a person's actions and know what kind of person they are. They're either a good person or a bad person, right? And and our tendency is to say, well, most of the time I'm good, I'm just a little bit bad, right? But what Jesus said was this: what He said that a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And so He told us that you would know them by their fruits. You would you would know them by their fruits. And so that was a uh, a warning for us um, in the kingdom of God. Uh, to look to others and see uh, how they talk how they act how they live and if we see someone who is a false prophet or a false teacher we're supposed to avoid them if we see somebody that's going to drag us down the wrong way we need to avoid them and not only that we need to use this as a mirror for our own lives don't we we need to think about the things think about the things we think about and and ch- check our mouth what's coming out of it And we need to check our emotions and our desires. What is it that I'm desiring? What is it that I really want in life? Right? And we'll find that a lot of times the things that we truly desire are actually things that are not good for us. We chase after our sensual desires instead of the spiritual desire that we truly need. When I said sensual, remember? What do we say sensual was? Your senses are your eyes, your smell, your taste, your hearing, and your touch. And so often we chase after things that look good, smell good, taste good, sound good, and and feel good. And most of the time that gets us in a lot of trouble. That's what got Eve in trouble. She turned away from the truth of God, that if she eats from that tree, she will surely die. And it said that she saw that the tree was delightful to the eyes and desirable to make one wise. And she took of the fruit and ate it, right? She turned away from God's truth, and she turned to her feelings. And so often, that's how we live our lives. We live our lives chasing after what we feel instead of chasing after truth, right? So let's look at the passage we're going to look at today. It says in um, verse 24. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. We need. We do need to get a look at 21, 22, and 23 of chapter 7. He said, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not do this and did we not do that? But in the end, he said, What did he say? Depart from me, I never knew you. Depart from me, I never knew you. You workers of lawlessness. You see what he said? What does it mean to be a worker of lawlessness? We were just talking about jobs a minute ago. What does it mean to have a job? You earn money. You earn money. You work, right? To have a job, you work. Well, Jesus sure said that there are people running around that's called Jesus Lord, Lord, mm-hmm. but they were actually workers of lawlessness. Help me out with that, guys. What does it mean to be a worker of lawlessness? Help the Okay, conniving up yep. to no good. What does lawlessness mean?
1: Not obeying the
0: law. Yeah, that's not exactly following right.
1: Rules.
0: Right, not following the rules, not obeying the law. And so what does he say? They are workers of lawlessness. Their lives are full of rebellion against they're God's will. Yeah. Their their lives are full of rebellion to God's law. Right? Why is that a bad thing? Because God's law is his perfect will. God's law is his perfect design for our lives. There's nothing in the world wrong with the law. The problem is with our ability to keep it. Right? There's nothing wrong with the speed limit signs out there on the street. They're actually there for your protection and for the protection of people that you're driving around. There's nothing wrong with those speed limit signs. Right? The problem is with our ability to keep our foot off the gas pedal and obey them. You see, so God's laws, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, honor God, don't worship idols. All of these laws, these, these commandments of his are actually good for us. But so often we don't do what's good for us. We do what we think feels good, you see. And so Jesus said that there were many people running around saying Lord, Lord, didn't we do this? And Lord, Lord, didn't we do that? But Jesus said, no, I never knew you. And you were not doing what I told you to do. You were actually doing exactly the opposite of what I commanded of you. So, it went from talking about a tree and its fruits. Jesus went from talking about a tree and its fruits. And a good tree putting off what kind of fruit? Good fruit. And a bad tree putting off what kind of fruit? Bad fruit. And then he went into saying that there was a bunch of people on that judgment day that were going to say, Oh, we were good fruit. We were good trees putting off good fruit. And what is Jesus going to say? I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. So they were even deceived in their own minds that they were actually doing good. That can be terrifying. Well, our minds will tell us yep. that we are. Yep. That can be terrifying, can not it? Because yep. we can actually deceive ourselves, and self-deception is the deepest deception there is. But, uh,
1: still, I used to do that, but way deep down, there's that little one that says, "No, this, this ain't right."
0: Yep, yep. But we choose it, yep. not to listen. Yep, to our that. conscience will. Um, which, is, which is God's
1: guidance, but we choose not to listen. Yep,
0: our our conscience can be a guide, but sometimes our conscience can actually be quieted and muted, where we can't even hear it, right? And the more you do it, the easier it gets. All right. So uh, let's look at verse 24 to 29 here today. And that's what we'll focus on today. Look what Jesus said. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. This is Matthew 7, verse 24. Verse 25. And the rain fell. And the floods came, and the wind blew and slammed against the house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came. The winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Okay? So this is the very end of the the Sermon on the Mount. And so he's been going along all through the Sermon on the Mount talking about what kingdom life is like.
1: I have a question. Yes, ma'am. When you say he was teaching as one of authority and
0: not as the scribes, what were the scribes teaching? Are they just barking orders? Yeah, let's um let we'll let's get let's go no, let's go, go know, verse by verse through it. Better. Let's go verse by verse through it and when we get down to the end of that we'll, we'll we'll try to answer that question. That's a that's a very good question, Lord. So when we get to verse twenty nine, <laughs> we'll we'll try to answer that. All right, and so uh through the through all of the Sermon on the Mount, what had he been teaching? He had been teaching that There is two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of this world. There's the kingdom of God. And that a kingdom, remember we said a kingdom is the king's what? Domain. Domain, Right? A kingdom is the king's domain. It's where the king has rule and authority. And so if we truly are children of God, if you truly are a child of God, then what kingdom do you live in?
1: Kingdom of God.
0: Kingdom of God. That means he's the boss. And you are one of his servants. You are subservient to him. Right? the world that we live in around us is not the kingdom of God the, the world the, uh, the, the Bible actually says that the God little g God of this world is the ruler of the, uh, of the principalities of the, 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 this world that the devil is actually in control of this world all around us but there is a kingdom of God and that claim was staked at Calvary when Jesus died on the cross he was saying this is my kingdom, these are my people, and he died to establish that kingdom. And so all through the history of the world, there have been two kingdoms growing along. The kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God. And one of the things that you'll find in your life, and one of the things that I find in my life is, is that we have a tendency to try to keep one foot in each kingdom, don't we?
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Right? right? And what does the Bible tell us about a house divided? Sure. It cannot stand. Right? Our tendency is oh, we want to go to church on Sunday and feel good about ourselves and be happy and, and pray, and then we leave on Sunday. And then. Yeah, and so then Monday through Saturday, we it's want rolling. to kind of live another way, don't we? Right? We come to Bible study, we, we have a good time, we read the Bible oh man, this is really nice, it's really peaceful and good, and I feel good about myself today. And then we walk out of here, and then from Tuesday until Sunday when we go back to church, we kind of start leaning back towards the world again. You see how that works? And so you have to decide which kingdom you're going to live in. The kingdom of this world is fading away before your very eyes. When you watch the news every day, you can see this world is literally yeah, the world is literally crumbling all around you. But despite the world crumbling all around you, the kingdom of God is being built right before your very eyes. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus was trying to teach us that the kingdom of God does not look like the kingdom of this world, and the very things that this world uh, loves and chases after and desires are the very things that are uh bad in the kingdom of God that are not fulfilling they, they're not lasting but the kingdom of God is being established right before our very eyes and 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 so uh, as a matter of fact I, I just heard somebody talking about that this week uh, a preacher was talking about this and uh, I, don't, I think it may have been my pastor yeah I, I believe it was my pastor at grace church uh, Pastor Cunningham, and he was giving an example of a professor, was it him that did that? Yeah, I think it was. But it was a professor at a university, and he, uh, this professor gave her students the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, to read. And when they got finished reading it, they asked all of the students what they thought about it, and they were like, um, who would want to live like that? Like, you have to be meek, and you have to let people take advantage of you, and you have to turn the other cheek, and, you know, and they were like, who would want to live like that? But then the professor asked them, well, let me ask you this. How would it be if everybody around you lived that way? And then they had to admit, oh, to love others as you love yourself. You see, so we don't particularly want to live that way ourselves. But it would sure be nice if everybody around us, everybody else would live that way. You see? And so, to the natural man, the kingdom of God is not an appealing thing. Uh, And so, Jesus uh, has been going all along and saying, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. And so now what he's going to say is, look what he says in verse 24. everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Alright. So the first thing is to hear his word. What does it mean to hear? Listen. To listen. That's exactly right. And not only listen, but understand what is being said. Right? Um, I can,
1: There's a deeper meaning to that. To hear and to... To, to grasp
0: it. That. Yeah. Because I can put some earbuds in my ears and walk around listening to music all day. And an hour later, I couldn't tell you what songs I heard
1: or what the words were to that
0: time. Right. or you could sit in church on Sunday morning and yeah. and sit there and then when you leave for about 5 minutes later you can't remember what the preacher talked about you see how that works mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm being Bible honest Bible. with you guys that's what we do
0: so sometimes we listen but we don't hear and so when Jesus says to hear his words it means to listen to it and understand it and hold on to it and so What does he say in the book of Romans? What does Paul say? Salvation comes through hearing. Salvation comes through hearing. And hearing the word of God. What does Paul mean when he said salvation comes by hearing? What does that mean? Salvation comes by hearing.
1: Paying attention and listening and learning.
0: Okay. Absorbing. Okay. So salvation. What is salvation? Salvation. To get Saving yourself.
1: Salvation, your body, I guess.
0: Okay. Well, if the house is on fire and I get saved, what does that mean?
1: Salvation.
0: S- somebody run- <laughs> no, somebody runs in and pulls well, me out of well, the fire, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: So what does it mean to be saved? It means that God reached down out of heaven in his love and pulled me out of this fading temporary world that is dying all around me and made me a part of his eternal kingdom. He saved me from hell. Not only did he save me from hell, just like Lori said last week in our class, he saved me from the wrath of his Father.
1: Yeah, that, that was uh, quite amazing.
0: Yep. About it. So he so saved he me I from saved his me wrath, from God. he saved me from hell. He saved me from myself. What does that mean to say He saved me from myself? What does that mean? Keep God saved me from myself.
1: Keep you from doing bad things.
0: And yeah. I'm my worst enemy, aren't I? Mm-hmm. And He changed my heart and changed my mind and gave me a new attitude, mm-hmm. gave me new characteristics, gave me a hope that this world could not give me. He saved me. And how does that salvation come? Salvation comes by hearing... And hearing the word of God. So right here in verse 24, what does Jesus say? Hear my words and act on them. Alright, so I want to show you something really quickly. Turn with me over to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. Jesus said, he who hears my words and acts on them. Alright, look at Mark chapter 2. And verse 1. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. When Jesus had come back from Capernaum several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer room, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Y'all see that? He was. So what is Jesus doing? He's in a house and he's preaching the kingdom of God. He's preaching the gospel message. He's preaching repent and believe the gospel and they some four men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men uh being unable to get him in because of the crowd they removed the roof above him and when they had dug an opening they let the pallet down on which the paralytic man was lying all right so what happened this man was paralyzed there was four of his friends put him on a cot and brought him to jesus they could not get into the house with Jesus because the house was so crowded. Why was the house crowded? Because Jesus was there doing miracles and preaching the word. He was preaching truth. And did so these... I want to know what Jesus
1: was
0: all about. Right. And they brought... Why did they bring their friend to Jesus? He was paralyzed. So what, what was the reason for bringing him to Jesus? They, they healed him. They wanted him healed. And, they care, and so they couldn't get in the house. So they went around to the roof. They ripped open the roof. And they lowered the bed down into the room where Jesus was. Now, I want you to look at the next verse because it's very important. Look at verse uh, 5. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. That's the point I wanted to bring up in that story. These men have went through the trouble of literally climbing up on a roof with their friend in a bed, ripping a hole in the roof, and lowering him down to where Jesus could see him, Right? And what it said was, Jesus seeing their faith. Jesus seeing their faith. What is that telling us, God? To say Jesus is seeing their faith.
1: No, believed in him.
0: They believed in Him. How do we know that they believed in Him? He could see their faith. What does that mean? Now, Jesus, God can actually look into your heart. He knows what you're thinking on the inside, but that's not what he's talking about right here, is he? No. It said they lowered him down into the room, and Jesus saw their faith. What is the scriptures trying to emphasize to us there?
1: They trusted him.
0: They believed in him. They trusted him. And how do we know they trusted him? They went through all that. They trouble. went through all of that trouble to get their friend to Jesus. You see, so your faith is not something that you just carry around in your heart. Put it's who Something you are you it's who you are that's exactly right your faith drives who you are right if you say I believe I'll have another drink then you are an alcoholic because that's what you believe and, that's, and you act on those beliefs don't you mm-hmm. you see how that works these men believed that Jesus could help their friend and they went through all of that effort to get him to Jesus and when Jesus saw them It said he saw their faith. Now this is what you have to ask yourself today, and I have to ask myself today. When Jesus looks at my life, when he looks at my heart, when he looks at my thoughts, when he looks at my listens to my words and sees my actions, what does he see in me? Does he see faith? Now watch. We also have to remember this. Jesus don't sleep. He's watching me twenty four seven. He
1: knows all.
0: He knows the things I dream. Are you with me? So the question we have to ask is, what does Jesus see when he looks at me? Now, back to Matthew 24, Jesus said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, remember, if we hear his truth, 724, 724, that's right, Matthew 724, everyone who hears these words and acts on them may be compared to someone who built his house on a rock. Now, we live here in Savannah, and uh, Savannah is low-lying land, is it not? uh, Savannah is actually a marsh, right? And our city is surrounded by marsh. There's marsh everywhere around us. And what happens in our city every time that we get a good rain? It floods. Why does it flood? Because we're at sea level, and so the sea is going to sit at its level, and if we raise up the level, what's going to happen it's going to flood around us. And so <clears throat> most all of us in here, we live in Savannah. We live on um, little sand hills that are surrounded by low-lying areas. And when it rains, it's going to get soggy, right? It's going to get soggy. And if, you, uh, if any of you have ever uh, driven around on a dirt road around here, you'll know that when it rains, it gets really, really soggy, and it usually takes a couple days for it to dry up. Why? Because it's low-lying. And soggy ground is not good for building things on. How many of you, when you was a kid, went down to the beach and played and made sandcastles, right? And what happens when you start digging down into the, to the sand to get it's your moist. sand? Huh? It's it gets moist and the further wow. down, if you keep digging, what will happen? Wow. You actually hit some water, right? And if you start building a castle made out of that that kind of stuff, what's going to happen to it? The beach is going to come washing in and it's going to hit it and it's going to okay. erode away. Right, We live around marshes and swamps and, and low-lying areas, so we understand what muddy ground is all about. Here in the South, we understand that. And what Jesus is saying is, the person who hears my word and acts on my word is like a person who builds their house on a rock. On a rock. All right. What does it mean to say build my house on a rock? What would be good about build my house on a rock? Well, look at verse 25. The rain fell. The rain fell. The floods came. And the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall. For it had been founded on the rock. Alright? So, when I see rains and floods, is there any Bible stories that come to mind when we think about rains and floods? Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. That's exactly right. <laughs> right? And what did God do? God told Noah, He said, I'm fixing to destroy the earth with a flood. Build a boat. Build an ark. And
1: take and
0: one eat, of everything. Two of, it, two. Two, two of each kind. And get in the boat. Right? So, what did Noah do? Noah heard God's word. He believed God. He believed God's word. And how do we know he believed God's word? Well, because he did what God told him to do. He yeah, built the he boat.
1: He all of that to build that
0: ark. Right? And what does the scripture say? God sealed him in. God sealed him and his family in that ark. And then what happened? The rains came. The floods rose up. And Noah and his family were safe. The rest of the world died. Now we do know this. We know that all the whole time that Noah was building that ark, he was preaching to the people around him. Right? What was he preaching now, to? Now, huh?
1: In this day and age?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a great question. Is there? A bathroom?
1: It's just now flooding. It's got other got a thing.
0: So, so think about that. Noah heard God's word, and he acted upon it. And because he acted upon it in saving faith, and because he believed, what did God do? He spared his life. He was saved from the rain and the flood. So, what do the rain and the flood represent to me and you? If we hear God's Word, build our house, on, if we, and, and, and act on God's Word, do what He tells us to he do, strong and sturdy. then our house becomes strong and sturdy when the rains and the floods come. And He cleansed the earth. Right? He cleansed the earth. Right? He baptized the earth. He baptized the earth. He, not only did He flood the earth but that flood and that rain was a picture of his judgment that's what the flood represents right his wrath it represents his wrath and noah and his family was inside of the ark and when God's wrath was poured out him and his family were saved you see now you asked a question Domingo said you said something about building an ark now today in this world
1: I said, it feels like we're in an ark just different.
0: Well, if we trust in Christ we are in art because Christ is truly who we run to right So we okay. we get in Christ Perfect. when we're in Christ and Christ is in us then we're safe from the floods and the storm matter
1: what happens
0: we're going to God anyway. That's right. Exactly right we're safe from the flood and the storm. And how long is God's promise going to last? Forever. forever. So look at it again look at verse 24 therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them can be compared to a wise man who builds his house on the rock
1: yeah, I told you I was
0: wise. the rain fell the floods came the winds blew and slammed against the house and yet it did not fall for it had been, had been founded on the rock what is the rock God. Jesus is the rock Right? remember what he told to Peter he said Peter on this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it so w- when we think of a rock we think of something sturdy something that is ir- irremovable strong. right? that is strong All Right? now look what he says next verse 26 everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand the rains fell, the floods came, and the wind blew and slammed against that house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Okay. Now, I want you to go back up and look at verse 23 again, or verse 22. Verse 22 says, Many will say to me on that day, that's judgment day, that's the day that we all stand before God and answer for our lives, right? And the reason that we are found innocent is because of Christ's work on the cross, not because of something good we've done. But you and I will be judged on what we do with our lives, right? Mm -hmm. If you're a child of God, you're going to still answer for the life that you've lived. And you're going to answer for what you've done with the gift of life that He has given you. Now, we will be judged and found innocent because we have been granted the righteousness of Christ. But the world around you this world will be found guilty. Remember what he said at Judgment Day. He's going to separate the what? The sheep from the goats. And, and we go- still have to answer for what we've done. But aren't we
1: are we to be seen innocent through Christ?
0: Yes, yes. But we also, but we're going to be responsible for what we've done. Do you remember the parable about the the uh, owner who gave uh, his people uh, some money?
1: We'll have, we'll have. Right. Yeah. He
0: gave one 5 and gave another one 5 ten. and gave another right. one 1 and and then what happened? He went away for a while and when he come back, the one said, "Oh, I took the 5 that you gave me and made 10." And the other one said, "Oh, I took the the 3 you made, you know." So, and then the one guy said, "Oh, well, I only had one talent. and I didn't want to lose it, so I buried it in the ground." And and he said, "You wicked and faithful servant." So, yes, we we are held accountable for what we do with the gifts that God gives us.
1: And he but, you know, they forgive our sins, so I'm not. Right. I don't see where we, we will accountable,
0: but we're not
1: be judged on Judgment Day when our sins are already forgiven. right. Yeah, but, right,
0: right, but but we will still be we will be rewarded based on the good that we have done. If
1: don't our, our bad doing don't they burn
0: away? The yes. good we've done yes. will be rewarded. Right. So the and the main the good good. main judgment the main judgment is what. If you are, heard his word yes. and, 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 and and believed and him, yes. him and right? what he said. or you either you rejected him, that's the main judgment, separation of sheep and goats. But even as his children, we're gonna, you're still gonna be accountable for what you've done with the gifts and the things that he's given you. Right. So, so in other words, you're saved by grace. You are rewarded gracefully because really, even the good things that we do are just what we should have done. But do you? you do see where um, even as his children we can not do the right things we can
1: right but don't we yeah. kind of get an answer for that here because we confess that to God and we, and we repent because right. some people that have passed and came back have said the first people they seen was their family you know, I, I was talking about if we're going to be judged on what we've done that we've already been forgiven for how right. does that work
0: We're going to be rewarded for the good things that we have done. We're going to be rewarded for the good things that we've done, and we're and we're still going to be in the great witness on Judgment Day. My life is going to be. I'm going to be judged on what I. I mean, that's going to be exposed. So whether I am truly His child or whether I'm not.
1: So when we get up there, is it like, uh, for
0: instance, I didn't do as good as somebody else did. Is it like you said, like, he's going to have five bedrooms in his mansion, and I might have three
1: bedrooms in my mansion. Or I got one robe, and this guy's got four of them and two crowns, and I only have one crown, but I still have my robe.
0: In other words, like you said, some are going to get more than others, maybe? Well, you tell me. That's possible, maybe. That's my thought, but I'll I have
1: no
0: idea. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. That's and, I don't know. Right. Yeah. So anything that we get in heaven is going to be God's grace. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to be something that we I'll earn. Be fine. I'll be fine with that. But we we do we will still we <laughs> will still be we will still be accountable for the lives that we live. I'll have three bedrooms. We'll, we have will. And, and so so think I don't about think that. They help, help,
1: right.
0: help. No, yes. oh, he there said there we, we do. For us. Yes. What, is, what does he say? He says, "To whom much is given, much is required."
1: So, sister, she doesn't think that they're I think it's uh, probably like. He, he's uh, what you see is like fields of mountains, treatable. mansions, and whatever is.
0: Right, it's going to be a restoration of it's going to be a restoration of paradise, is what it's going to be. It's going and to And there's a, mansions for each one of us, right? Uh, that make it. Well, I, I don't think there's mansions. Um, there's we're going. To, he's going to give us everything that uh, he desires for us, and what he desires for us is is completely good. It, it's much better than anything that we can mm-hmm. compare oh, yeah. to. And so, so no, it's not like you're going to get up there and it's not like you're going to get up there and you're going to get just like a little shack out by the railroad tracks or something.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So it'll be something.
0: Yeah, it'll be something. That's how
1: I see it.
0: So he says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man. But those who hear these words of mine and do not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. And so there there was a judgment coming. uh, This rain, these floods come and the foolish man has built his house on sand. So what is going to happen? It's going to be destroyed. It says, so Jesus has given us a comparison. And what is the comparison? The comparison is between someone who hears his words and acts on them and someone who hears his word and does not act on it. And if we base our lives and live our lives according to his word, then we're going to have stability. And we're going to have assurance.
1: Stability is such
0: a blessing. Yep. And assurance. Yeah. Right? And hope. But if, we, no but if we don't hear his word, or we hear his word and don't act on it, then what are we going to have? Doubt and fear because the flood's coming, and my, I know my house is not going to stand. Right. right, and so even in our own lives, there are foolish things that we do, are there not? There are times when we know we should be doing something that we don't. Yeah. Right, and will God prove that through His testing? Will God prove what kind of how what what kind of foundation my house is built on? And God
1: does not have to prove anything
0: to us. No, but He does. I know. He He proves it to us, and so what? So what is that going to prove when His? when his judgment when his, when when the trials of life come along when the struggles come along what is that going to prove to you and I what kind of foundation i have yeah. and if the foundation of my life is built upon the things of this world then it's going to dissolve it's going to it's going to melt away
1: material.
0: yeah but if my life is built upon the rock and what is the rock again Jesus Jesus is the rock His word is the rock. His truth, his promises are the rock. Those are things that do not fade away. And so what we need to to test ourselves with in our own lives is, what is my house built on? What is my life built on? What are my hopes based on? Are my hopes based on a check that's coming in the mail from the government? Is that what's going to bring me my happiness in life? Are my my hopes uh, based on uh, your handsome looks, right? Or your persuasion with people? Um, it's our soul. Is your is your is your hopes built on a, a new car, right? You know, you get a new car, you well, wax it and, it and wash it and make it look all pretty, North but, North but North then you North stop North North. at a red light and somebody rear ends you, right? And if your hopes were built upon that pretty new car that you got, and you get in a car wreck, then well, you your can hopes going to be shattered, right? <clears> right. right?
1: Are your hopes?
0: Here's one. Are are your hopes based on who's going to win the election in November? Right? There's a lot of people that are putting their complete hopes in a man. Right? Are your hopes built on what the, the politicians and and, and Washington's going to do for you? Are your hopes built on the job that you have and the money that you make? Are your hopes built on uh, church. Uh, your church? Right? Well, no. Our hopes should be built on our, on, on the church. Yeah. Yeah, our hopes should be built on the church. But uh, are my hopes built on on my health? How healthy I am yeah. today? Right? Because what happens? You wake up and you're yeah. sick.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, if I put all of my hopes in the things of this world, it's like building my house in sand. It's going to dissolve away. But if I put my hopes in Christ and His Word, and how will I know that I put my hopes in, in, in Christ and His Word? What is He telling us here? How will you know if you truly trust Him? What was the point that he made in verse 24? You know really that everyone who hears the words and what? Does what it says. Acts on them. Acts, was Acts on them. So, how do you know if you really believe God? You'll hear Him.
1: You're, you're acting on it and you're following His Good. word. That's
0: exactly right. And Our so. So, remember. Remember Noah in the flood. Remember Noah in the flood. Heard God's word believed God's word and he acted on God's word how did he act on God's word he built the ark that God told him to build he built it according to the word that God told him He, he built it just like God told him to build it so he heard God's word and he acted upon God's word and because he did that when the floods came Noah was saved and it's the same way for you and I We hear God's Word. What is God's Word? That His Son Jesus came into a world full of sinners and died to save His people and those who will repent and turn away from sin and self and turn to what Jesus has done on the cross will be forgiven and will be saved. So what do I have to do? I have to act on His Word. I have to hear His Word. What is His Word? That Jesus died for sinners. And And I'm the greatest of them, right? He died for me. And I have to turn away from this world, turn away from sin and self, and turn to the work that Christ Jesus did on the cross. Right? Now, does me turn in and does me turn into Christ save me? No. It's the work that Christ did on the it cross Christ that saves me. But if I truly hear that and believe that, what am I gonna do? Yeah. I'm gonna turn to him. Yeah. I'm gonna turn now. You see? And you're gonna be right. My
1: husband well, well, he's, he's in your house, so we have to go there
0: right away. So okay. So if if Noah had uh, heard God say that he was going to flood the earth and said, well, I'll just wait, I ain't going to build no boat, Noah would have drowned with everybody else, wouldn't he? So his actions were a proof of his faith. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the main things that Jesus has been trying to teach us here in verses 15 uh, through uh, 27 is that if you truly are a believer, if you truly have faith, then you're going to act on that faith. And if you're here today, you're yep, if you're here today and you're struggling to do that, then stop trusting in what you're doing and turn to what Christ has done on the cross, because it's through his power and through his promise that I can stand when the floods and the trials come. If I'm dependent upon myself and what I do, I'm going to fall every time. And so it's very important for us to hear that And to see that Now um, we'll wind up with this Lori asked, She said verse 28 When Jesus had finished these words The crowds were amazed at his teaching It says in verse 29 He was teaching them as one having authority And not as their scribes What does that mean to say He, he was teaching with authority Why was he teaching with authority Because they were his words
1: And he already knows
0: They were his words Remember what he said he said, Moses said unto you, but I say. Right? So what is he doing? He's saying, I'm the one that gave Moses the words that he spoke, but now I'm telling you. And nothing that he said then would contradict what he said through Moses. So the entirety of the word, Genesis to Revelation, is what he says. And so when he's speaking, he's speaking from himself. He is God. Jesus right. is but God. It
1: was confusing because the Sadducees, the Saddu- they were the
0: they they were looked upon as the authority, as the knowledgeable ones, as the ones who had the education, the ones that understood the scriptures. Right.
1: So they were more like barking the law instead of. Yes, they were the word word.
0: more they were more less parents. They were more or less parents. They, they were just right. They were just okay. echoing out what it said. And
1: Jesus could look at you and know what you're going through and, and teach you
0: what you need. Well, not only that, but he was speaking his very. It was from his own authority. He was the authority. He's the one. He's the one that the words come from. Where these guys were just repeating what he had said. And not only that, they were also twisting his words around and making it say what they wanted it to say. And so, I I don't know, I I remember when I was a kid, um, I have a love for history. And one of the reasons I have a love for history is because I had a history teacher back in high school. And this history teacher never used a textbook. We didn't use a textbook in his class. And what he would do is he would stand up in front of the class and he would close his eyes and he'd tilt his head back and then he would just start teaching us about history. And it was from a love and a knowledge of what and history he was about. He, it was he in had. him. It was a part of who he was. And and so you could, uh, hit the, the, the passion that he had for the history um, influenced you to be passionate about it. It wasn't like he was just picking up a textbook and writing something on a board and saying, "Now copy this down and remember this date and remember this date and remember this date." There was meaning and purpose behind every date and every act and every uh, amendment and every uh, thing that happened in the world around. And and so, <clears throat> Jesus is not just a parent. He's not just echoing out what the word says. He is the very word. And so, um, you. When you, when you work with people you'll find that if you've been through the things that they've been through then your words will echo more with them than someone who doesn't know what they've been through right? why is that because you trust them you know that they know what you feel and, and they understand you and so you're more willing to listen and so Christ is the very word itself and so when he speaks he's speaking from himself who he is. And not only is he saying what he says, but he's doing what he says. Right? Yeah. And what there's an saying, a,
1: saying where Jesus act as or I'm trying to get, be like me. Yeah. Act like me every yep.
0: day. Yeah. So so think about that. Who are you more willing to follow? Someone who tells you to do something and they're not doing it themselves or someone who tells you to do something and they're actually living it out in their own life. So even his, the very essence of who he is, he's the he's the most right, he's righteous, he's all righteous. He's all good, he's all holy. And he lived out everything that the word commands. And so he could speak with an authority that you and I or the scribes of the Pharisees could not speak with why? Because all of us have fallen short of his truth. Does that make sense, Lord? Does that does that help to help you understand it? Yeah. Okay.
1: There's, there's, the Sadducees thought they were the authority, but they were when, when people heard Jesus talking, the people were different.
0: Right. Well, and he so he had not been to their schools, he had not been he, he was not a part of the clique. Right.
1: He was right. That,
0: that's a good point. You see, he wasn't, and so and he was speaking from. He, I, he is the authority. So he's speaking from authority. Where these people are given their opinions. So
1: the, the Sadducees, they should have heard that, seen that, and known. And they were blinded. Of course. But God didn't open their eyes. God chose not to open their eyes, right? Yeah.
0: They, they were blinded by their own self-righteousness. Okay. They, they had become a law into themselves. They, they had decided beco- to
1: follow themselves. Right.
0: They had become their own authority. And the problem was their authority wouldn't stand. So, um, with that said, um, guys, w- when we when we talk about heaven, that's always a tough, and and even with the judgment, that's a tough thing to talk We're about. we you know
1: what it is. Yeah,
0: it, and and so what, what I do know this. See, I,
1: people that have died say their families waiting, and they came back.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't listen to anything. I don't I don't listen to any kind
1: of. I mean, who's to say? We I don't, don't listen,
0: listen to any kind of post death. We well, we but nobody. Paul. Paul went up Paul was actually snatched up into heaven and had a vision of heaven and what he you know what he said in the Bible about it? it's too it's, I can't put it to words I wouldn't even want to try to do that so the, the guy that wrote two thirds of the New testament had a uh out of body experience and went to heaven, and he said, "I can't even write about it." And
1: for some reason, when I was in elementary, I thought heaven was just gold.
0: Everything was gold. Well, uh, gold is a picture of purity Dreams, and, and, growth, and, right, and right, purity right. and value. So they're, they're, they're symbolic.
1: Locked out of his car, so. I,
0: okay, all right. So um, when it comes to heaven, just remember this, and when even when it comes to the judgment day, the fact that we are covered in the righteousness of Christ and covered in His blood means we are forgiven but that does not mean that we're not accountable for the lives that we live and the way that we live our lives. He's he's given you talents, He's given you gifts, He's given you ability, He's given you opportunity, and you need to take advantage of those things.
1: It's very good to be able to understand that.
0: And when it comes to heaven and what it's going to be like, remember, it took God seven days to make this entire world, the universe that we live in. It took Him seven days to make that, and He's been working on a new heaven and a new earth for us for 2,000 years. So wow. it's going to be a little bit better, I would say, right? I
1: yeah. He said, I go I to, pre- right? I go I to prepare
0: you. a place for you. <laughs> All right, Father, thank you for this day. Um, thank you for this time together. Forgive our ramblings, um, but take your word, your truth, and uh, and the things that we've discussed today, and help them uh, help us to apply them in our lives. Help us to hear your word. Help us to be like the wise man who hears your word and acts upon it. Help us to not be like the foolish man who hears it and then walks away. We need to be, uh, our lives need to be established on you, our rock and our Savior. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.